Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, man? Um, I'm sad. Why are you sad? I'm sad because this is the last time we're going to record for a few weeks. All right, so I know this is coming out in August, but um, as we're recording this, I'm getting ready to leave for vacation. Yeah. And what I haven't told you yet. No, stop it. I'm told not funny. No, no, you don't even know. Not. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. We're done. No, no, no. We're last one. No, no, no. Podcast is run. Great. Everything's great. But uh, so I told you a little while ago that. Josh and Mariah Huff were in town and we were hanging out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, he came to my house the other day and he dropped off two cigars, one for you and one for me. So you're taking those with you on vacation now? They might already be gone is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> they might have... Uh, what kind were they at least? Uh, New World. AJ Fernandez, New World. See, I know I you wouldn't you. care. I hate you. You don't care. You I don't, hate you. You make fun of that cigar. No, I, I don't. Great. I don't I make fun of that cigar. Fan. You're like... That's you, you sniff at that cigar and it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went ahead and smoked it. It's well, gone, thanks. baby. Well, Say bye-bye. It's pretty good. I'm sure it was. I watched it last night. I smoked it last night while I was watching some shows. What were we watching? What was I watching? I think I was watching a documentary. Oh, I was watching this documentary. On what? Well, it doesn't really matter what it was on. It was just a documentary. All right, so it, it has like, to be either Sasquatch. Nope. Or <laughs> The Making of a Murderer. <laughs> Is it a Sasquatch or Making of a Murderer? All right. All right. It was a documentary that's on Netflix, and it was on... I don't believe in this stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. just for the record. Mm. It was on this UFO abductee. <laughs> oh, that's a okay. new area for you. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so this, is, this guy has, has, has like more documented stuff than ever. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. watching this, I'm watching this documentary. Yeah, tell me again right. about it, yes. So this guy uh, has like rec- audio recordings, video recordings, and I'm watching, and I'm about a third of the way through. And you're convinced. No, I'm not convinced, but so far I'm like, that's some pretty good video. It's pretty, yeah, it's no, pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. The truth is out there, you yeah, said. I'm, I'm saying like X-Files, maybe there's some <laughs> interesting, interesting, until I see video footage of the alien peeking in his window. Uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty uh, doctored, like, you can oh, tell. Well, it just looks like a dude in a rubber suit. It looks like, <laughs> like what am I watching? It was pretty bad. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was out. I was out for that. But yeah, the cigars were great. So thank you, Huff family. Mm. And Jimmy thanks you uh, as well. And yeah. I thank you, Jimmy, for sharing your cigar with me. That was great. Mm. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my forced share. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like, you know. Feel like what? I don't know what I you mean. I feel like you would have wanted me to have it. No, That's I... That's why I, I took it. No, I. you felt wrong. Sir. No, no. I, I, I would have enjoyed that I cigar. I offer you... I, I give you like a ton of cigars for your birthday, right? And they were pretty good. By the way, I give Jimmy like a bund... Like three bags of cigars <laughs> for his birthday. He doesn't even open them up to look in to see what they are. He's just like, oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. That, that was rude. That hurt I, my feelings. Did it really hurt your feelings? Yeah, it did. Because I, like, I actually really, selected are, each cigar. I selected each cigar in that, in that bouquet of awesome mm-hmm. cigars. And they were very good. Thank yeah. you. We had... Uh, Liga Provada number nines. We had actually had a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, and then we, then we had like uh, the, the the more less expensive ones that I really like. The there the was a lot AJ of those. Yeah, not a lot. No, <laughs> there were two inexpensive ones that were inexpensive, and then the rest were all in between. Well, it was very nice. Yeah. And well, I you did. didn't, you didn't, you didn't really care. Yes, look, I but did. I gave I it to you because everyone was around. No, like a week later, you finally opened up the other bags. Yeah. How many bags am I going to open at the there same three time? Bags. You look inside. It's like presents. You open up the presents and see what's inside. Okay, I did look Next inside. time you give me a present that's wrapped, I'm going to take and go, oh, thanks, dude. I'm going to throw it in my trunk. I didn't that's do that. Do. Don't even that's act like that. That's pretty much what you did. That's not pretty oh, much what I did. Oh, thanks, bro. I, you threw it in your trunk. No, I hid them. Bro, so do you no. even birthday? 
I put them away so that other people wouldn't smoke them because everyone oh, was yeah. smoking my cigars that night. Jim's, Jim's wife, Michelle, bought him all these nice cigars oh. for his birthday, but she put them out. <laughs> and, and she put out the nice bourbon. And so all the guys were drinking the nice bourbon and smoking the nice cigars. And I was like, I go, Michelle, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Why would you put the blanket She's a good host. Out? That's what's wrong with her. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. my CG, because mm-hmm. Michelle's gone right now. She's oh, up in Canada. Oh, yeah. And so my CG's like, we actually feel lo- more loved when Michelle's here. Like, of what course. are you talking about? They're like, there's no coffee. Yeah. There's no water put out, right. like the lemon water. There's no juice. Yeah. There's no nothing. And I'm like, you know where the cups are. You know where the tap, yeah. the faucet is. Look, you, you can get your own. You know where the cabinet is. Go look for some pretzels. Do yeah. Your thing. Figure, what, are you, what are you asking me for? You're all adults. Yeah. Anyways. Well, do I look like Michelle? The answer is no. And you don't act like Michelle. That's the truth. That's the truth. All right. What are we talking about today, man? Dude, we're ending our 10-part series. Finally, this was awful. What? This has been well, great. Well, people hated this. No, oh, this has did. been great, dude. The they, 10th commandment. The, oh. You shall not covet. We made it. Covet. We made it. We're done. We're done. Are we retiring now? Big thanks to Justin Bond of Javon <laughs> Media, the audiovisual wizard of Dr. Devotion. If you've got any audiovisual photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com and he will hook, hook you up. up. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DocAdevo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head out on the website, drdevotion.com. There you can contact us, sign up for our email blast, hit up the store, grab yourself some merchandise, fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesday. I just realized. What? what the heck, dude? I just realized why I was not enjoying this so much. You didn't bring out the other kind. What other kind? The, the whistle pig. Oh, you didn't say I that. I even said whistle pig. No, right, you so, didn't. All right, listen. We're hanging out, okay? It's the last It's the last chance we're going to have to hang out before I have to go on vacation. Uh, yeah, I know. It is the last chance. And and I was oh, like, no, no, it's not. Not like whistle pig. It's still a good one, but it's not whistle pig. All right. So Jimmy's like, hey, man, uh, why don't we have a glass of bourbon? I was like, I can have one glass of bourbon. And then he gets out the chintzy stuff. It wasn't chintzy. All right. I'm just saying. Let's talk about covetousness. (laughs) Let's talk about covetousness. Because to be honest, a lot of people don't know what it means. Um, And and I think even if we do know what it means, we, we probably are more guilty of it than we realize. So what we want to do... Let me put my glasses on. I can't see anything without these things. And they don't fit my happy now? fat head. You happy now? He got the whistle pig out. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to talk about what it means to covet. And then we're going to talk about ways that we can know if we're yeah. actually coveting. That's really the key here. Because I think even we can, we can agree, here's what it means to covet. But how do I know if I'm actually doing it? Yeah. That's going to be helpful for us. So, Jimmy, what does Thomas Watson say coveting essentially is? And listen. Yeah. Thomas Watson, his treatment. On the Ten Commandments, it's a must-read. Go check it out on our show notes, doctrineanddevotion.com. Find this post. Uh, you can read it online for free, or you can buy the books through Amazon. Jimmy, what does it mean to covet, according to Watson? According to Watson, uh, it's an insatiable desire for worldly goods. Okay. All right. So uh, he says it's also uh, an inordinate love for the world. These are yeah. These are desires that are overtaking us for things that aren't bad. Yeah. Right. Um, you can covet things that are very good, but uh, and even in, in the commandment, right? It's like it's not your neighbor's house, yeah. your neighbor's wife. Uh, so like, stop the comparison game. Stop the stop the, the, the this passionate desire for things that you don't have. So, so, but you know, Watson though, yeah, got to hear this, uh, this paragraph that he gives, he goes, and so it's under, it forbids covetousness in general. He goes like this, you shall not covet. It is lawful to use the world. Yes. And to desire so much of it as may keep us from the temptation of poverty. 
Give me not poverty, lest I steal and take the name of my God in vain. That's Proverbs 38 and 9. And as it and as may enable us to honor God with the works of mercy, honor the Lord with your substance. That's Proverbs 3, 9. So that's really good. That's, that's a, really good. A, you guys need to go back and read that and dwell on that. Keep going. But all the danger is when the world gets into the heart, water is useful for the sailing of the ship. All the danger is when the water gets into the ship. I wanted to read that. Dang it, that's so good. So the danger is when the world gets into the heart, you shall not covet. How good is that? That is so good. That's why the Puritans are better than you guys. Mm, and me and you. <laughs> well, and not as, no, Joe. Joe I'm, I'm basically a modern day Puritan. I feel like, you know. Well, no, you're a, you you know, you're a back then Puritan. I'm, I'm, you're I'm so a, old. I'm a Punitan. That's you, what I am. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little. <laughs> I wish I thought of that one. <laughs> yeah, I beat you to it. Oh, you, oh I wish Punitan. I thought of that one. I right. had JoJo Baggins, but I did not have that. Yeah, Punitan, now you know. Oh. All right, uh, hashtag Punitan. All right, so, man, what a great paragraph, man. The world no, that gets is into so your good. heart. The world is good. That's so good. The world, God has created the world. There's so many good gifts in the world. We can rejoice in them. And am I right? Yeah, the whistle pig is whistle one pig of those good gifts. Yep. All right. So, um, so the question is, if coveting is when the world gets into your heart, you have this insatiable, inordinate love for the world, desire for the things of the world. Things are out of balance. How do you know if you're actually coveting? Good thing is... Watson breaks it down for us in six ways. Six ways you can all you all you fools like that. Six six ways you can overcome your uh, your lethargy after three p.m. at work. You guys like those posts with like the points, so yeah, that's why you guys like to read uh, ftc.co uh, for the church you or like the, asianefficiency.com. They got uh, some great ones on yeah, productivity, those, and it's all good stuff. So Watson, way before all y'all jumped the shark, Watson was doing six ways to know that you're coveting. Jump the shark. Who's going to jump a shark? Jumping the shark, jump the shark. First of all, you don't know the phrase, jump the no. shark? Holy I, I, smoke. That's how dude. old you are. No, dude, that's not even that old. That's old. You don't know jump the shark? Is it from Sharknado? Oh my gosh, you're such a weirdo. Is it from Sharknado right, so no, 2 listen, or 3? To jump the shark means mm-hmm. that you are doing something that is over. It is over. But like, why, when, when is the shark ever over? Happy Days. Do you know the show Happy Days? Yes, I know the Happy okay. Days. Fonzie? Okay. Okay. Happy Days was over when Fonzie donned skis, water skis, and jumped a shark. It was over. It had gone past its prime, and Fonzie jumped the shark, and that became a phrase. Google jump the shark, and you'll see what I'm talking about. All right, so it's old. All right, so what was I saying? So it's still old. I don't old. even know what I was saying. Now You got me so distracted you said with your ignorance. Okay. Yeah, no, ignorance <laughs> stupefied me. It's okay. literally stupefied <laughs> There me. are six ways we can know oh, that's if what we're, we're coveting, about. and you talk about jumping the shark, something about Watson and Fonzie. All right, Fonzie. Oh, hey. All right, so number one, number one. How a man can we may know? be said to be well, given to in the middle of something. You're talking. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, wait. How can we know if we are coveting when his thoughts are wholly taken up with the world? So when you're when you're focusing, yep. uh, is not on is not in heaven. Is not on Christ's love and the eternal recompense. All right. So in other words, thinking about the world is good. Yes, being in the world is good, but when it's your your it's all your affection and desire and thoughts. So when it's crowding out thoughts of God, exactly. Christ, satisfaction, that's heaven, right. atonement, Bible, all that stuff. So it's a good. It's I, mean, I like how he says this. The imagination is a mint house, and most of the thoughts in a covetous man's mint are worldly. Yeah, that's good. That's why the Puritans are so much better than us, man. Yeah, they they understood illustrations. They didn't have to tell long, boring stories at 
went nowhere. Yeah, like jumping the shark. So oh. number two, number two, it was a metaphor. Number two, Joe. Number oh, two. I'm gonna do number two. <laughs> I, threw, right. I set you up. Right. I set you up. All right. So you, you, uh, the, when his thoughts are wholly taken up with the world. Number one. Yep. Number two. You know you're coveting when a man takes more pains for getting earth than for getting heaven. He will turn every stone, break his sleep, take many a weary step for the world, but will take no pains for Christ or heaven. Mm. So you think about that, right? We will work hard to lose weight. We will work hard to get the promotion. We will labor to win the girl, right? Yeah. But do, and I have. Do we? Yeah. Then now, now you're chilling. Now I'm chilling. Netflixing I, I and chilling most of the time. I, I think won. is what's happening. I won. Uh, but what we say is, is that like we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, right? We ought to be about the things of God. We ought to be passionate, invested in, and laboring in the things of God. And you know that you are given to covetousness. When you are far, when you are exerting yourself yeah. far more rigorously in things of the world and leaving off all the efforts that pertain to the Christian life, that, that's a good way to, to sort of take it, take stock of yourself. Number three, a man may be said to be given to covetousness when all his discourse is about the world. Conviction. Con, yeah, when uh, that's all you're talking about, the things of the world. When you're not talking about uh, scripture, when you're not talking about the things of God, right? And we're not saying. Here's the thing: there are some people that would look at this kind of what Watson is saying here is like if you say anything about the world if you talk about sports of any kind if you talk about I kind of agree with him on the sports thing okay because you don't know sports sports is kind of dumb All right, well okay guns if you talk about guns yeah that's good that's good how's that I like that yeah I I hit home for you there yeah it's good Uh, if you're not talking about the Sasquatch if you're not talking about it's interesting yeah yeah if you're not talking about alien UFOs that's that's, that's nonsense apparently you're watching it though because the truth is out there the truth is out there it's out there but it's not in the documentary not in that documentary but okay when you but some people would Look at this and say you can't have any enjoyment right. from the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but yet they forget that there's still a sense that it is good. It mm-hmm. is still a creative gift from God. Right. Um, but so yeah, the, so but when you only focus on the things of the world, right. that's the issue there. And you know what your focus is because it's what you talk about. Like Jimmy's Jimmy's making a comment here about the gun thing, and I'm I'm relatively new to guns, um, to uh, as a sport uh, kind of a thing, and um, and yeah, you're used to just shooting. <laughs> so uh, shooting my mouth off mostly. So, but like whatever I'm into, I tend to talk a lot about it. Right? I know. So, so when I used to run, testify, I talked. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot about running, you know, uh, when I got into, uh, you know, various kinds of coffee or whiskey, like those are the things. So cigars, whatever oh, it is, here pencils, it here whatever it, it is. No, I'm just saying, whatever it is, I tend to talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. So so people got annoyed and you did what? I know what this is about. I don't know. All I'm trying to say is, is that what you talk about is what you're passionate about, is what you're interested in. And if you don't talk about the Lord, but boy, you do talk a lot about the world, it tells us something about the condition of your yeah, heart. I agree. At least it might. So we ought to be careful there. Number four, Joe. Number four, a man is given to a man is given to covetousness when he so sets his heart upon worldly things that for the love of them he will part with heaven. For the wedge of gold, quote unquote, he will part with the pearl of great price. In other mm. words, you're willing to part with Jesus and keep your earthly possessions than you are to leave worldly comforts and run with Christ and to walk in the kingdom. And you see this happening, especially in times of persecution. Historically, we see in the church the lapsed and the faithful, right? So when persecution would hit the early church, 
governments or communities would come against the church and say, recount Christ or die or mm-hmm. suffer the consequences. And the faithful would say, I cannot deny him. He's never denied me. And they would be punished, imprisoned, whatever. But there are those who would say, Jesus who? Well, I don't know no Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with your God. And they were called the lapsed. These are people that forsook Christ and went with worldly comforts and pleasure. Then, after persecution would ebb and it would kind of ease up, they would come back to the church and go, hey guys, can we come back in? Sorry about all that recanting Jesus stuff. And the church was stuck with the situation. Like, what do we do with these people that recanted? What do we do with these people that, that chose the world over Jesus when things got tough? The lapsed. It became an issue for the church to deal with early on. Mm-hmm. And so you know that you're struggling with covetousness desires. If you are more willing to part with Jesus and his ways than you are the world and their ways. What about number five? Number five is convicting for me. So I'm glad I'm reading it. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I did that on purpose. You no, know. you didn't. You I did didn't. too. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I don't know what order these things are coming up in. <clears throat> a man is given to covetousness when he overloads himself mm. with worldly business. Oh, dang. That's you, dude. I know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, <sighs> you have many irons in the fire. It says it right there. That's what it literally says. <laughs> he has many irons in the fire. He takes so much business upon him that he cannot find time to serve God. Yeah, he I has scarcely like time to eat his food. Oh, that ain't. Oh, yeah. He, but you no, go to eating well, the food. What are you talking about? What do you? I'm are just you, saying you no, go to barrel and rye. Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Is that a, was that a fat joke? No, you're I'm just to, saying like you're, you're definitely. To, no, you're you're to, to, you got time to eat. Is you're all trying I'm saying. to fat shame. I'm not fat shaming. All right, he has time to eat his food, but no time to pray. When a man overcharges himself with the world, and as Martha cumbers himself about many things that he cannot have time for his soul. He is under the power of covetousness. So actually this is really good for me to hear because that's something I've been really thinking about is been my prayer time has been my reading time. Has it just been kind of this, you know, quick in and out to just get it done without actually right. uh, looking at it as a means of sustenance as a, as a communal time with uh our Lord and Savior who has created and sustains all things. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really, this is a struggle for me is I am busy. I am always on the go. I'm always, uh, I mean, even last night, like Joe came by, you know, Joe came How by. How many hours did you work yesterday? I don't know, 14. <laughs> like, so like that. And it, it, that's just, it's a reality for me. That's just Killian, the way that goes. So I went by, I went by Jim's work yesterday with my boy Killian, who is seven. And Killian asked me, mm. What day is, is Fofo's? That's what he said. Yeah, he calls me the Fofo. What day is Fofo's day off? Do you know what I told him? <sighs> Sunday? I like Fofo Sunday doesn't morning. have a day off. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, morning I, said, I, said, I said, Fofo doesn't really have a day off. He needs yeah. one. I mean, Sunday he has off from labor, yeah. from you know the work of the yeah, business, yeah. but sometimes not. Sometimes not. Sometimes it, yeah. Jimmy's always said Jimmy's always working. That's the you know his business is is really is really demanding of him. Uh, but yeah, he he calls you Fofo. I, I appreciate that. But anyways, but this but this one though it was convicting for me. <laughs> I'm like darn it. But that that kind of where I'm I'm really struggling is for, for someone like me that does like to schedule everything. Yeah. You know I, I try but to. But that's schedule why you time. schedule it. That's why. So I, I think you schedule it though to make sure that you're not falling into this. Trap. Yes, because I know the thing I'm going to do first every morning is check. My calendar, I every day. Me too. No, you don't. Me, I, I do the you same don't thing. even know. I check my calendar every day. <laughs> you check social media first in the day, morning. That's the first I thing might, you do. I might check Instagram first. So for me, I, I, I check my calendar and I, I look and I say, what's going on today? What's going on in the morning? And that helps me to, and I put it in there, devotional time. Otherwise, I miss it. But let me, because wanna, of that though, my struggle becomes 
does it become a, a checked off task that okay. I've done, you know? But, you know, that's a better struggle to have. Yeah, is I my devotional it. time a task that I'm checking off or is it meeting with Jesus? Let me just say this because I want to say this about you because you mm-hmm. are a very busy dude. Yep. And you work and you're efficient at your work. You work very hard. Um, you take your vocation very seriously, whether that is ministry or whether that is your work in the world. And um, I really have a lot of respect for you and the way that you manage your time. And your but... Family but you're kind of a jerk. See? I no, but that's, I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> what I was going to say is, is like, no, you, you go to great pains to make sure that you are spending time with your kids, with your wife, mm-hmm. with the Lord in prayer, um, not just ticking off tasks. I feel like you're, you're disciplined in the right way. I appreciate so that. yes, you are sometimes probably overloaded with worldly business, but yeah. you are always working to correct that. Number six, Joe. He is given to covetousness whose heart is so set upon the world that to get it, he cares not what unlawful means he uses. Wow. Ends justifies the means, Joe. Yeah, this is pragmatism, people. It's kind of like like when we turn a blind eye when someone comes with uh, Beats earphones. What do you, what do you mean Beats? Like, well, like the Beats, like, like beats? the Beats, you know, the, the Beats brand. Like rutabagas? No, like no, beats? you know, Beats by Dre. You know, so oh, like I, I headphone, got earbuds, yeah, I got earbuds. You. So someone like when we just so of, some guy walks in mm-hmm. with like a with like an armful of Beats earbuds mm-hmm. still sealed in the boxes, mm-hmm. and he's that, they beats. fell off the truck. Yeah, well, he didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, but they, he but said, "Hey, you want to buy some Beats?" Yeah, and I was like, implied. "I'm down to buy the Beats." It no, he didn't imply anything. He just said, "Hey, I'm selling beats." So and when I was we like, turn a blind eye, I thought he was from. I thought so he was from Best Buy. Blind eye, but did he? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was from Best Buy. I thought the guy in the hoodie. <laughs> with the, I thought the guy in the hoodie with a handful of but beats. We, was, but we don't care what unlawful means he used to get those beats. Yeah, he mm. says this. He says, "We will have the world by fair means or foul. Mm. He will wrong or defraud, and raise his estate upon the ruins of another." Listen. You know you have a covetous heart if you no longer care about what is right and what is wrong. That's the yeah. bottom line. This is a, a dangerous sin, and it is oftentimes subtle, but it is serious. And I mean, yeah, Watson even calls it the mother of all sins. Man, Watson does this thing where when he says it's the mother of all sins, he says it is a breach of all Ten Commandments. Let's do it fast. Can we do it fast? Really? All right, all right. You you start with one. I'll go to all second. Right. Go. It breaks the first commandment. You shall hell have no other god. Oh, somebody just texted me. Dang it! All right, I had to get it other way. It breaks the first commandment. You shall have no other gods but one. The covetous man has more gods than one. Mammon is his god. He is a god of gold. Therefore, he is called an idolater. Covetousness breaks the second commandment. You shall not take. You shall not make any graven image. You shall not bow yourself to them. A covetous man bows down, though not to the graven image in the church, yet to the graven image on his coin. Oh, covetousness is a breach of the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Absalom's design was to get his father's crown, which was covetousness, but he talked of paying his vow to God, which was to take God's name in vain. Oh, great. Again, I get the fourth one that convicts me. Covetousness is a breach of the fourth, fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. A covetous yeah, man does not keep the Sabbath holy. He will do his business on a Sabbath. Instead of reading in the Bible, he will cast up his accounts. Covetousness is a breach of the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. mother. A covetous person does not honor his father if he does not help him in his necessities. Mm. Nay, he will get his father to make over his estimate to him in his lifetime so that the father may, may be at his son's command. Covetousness is a breach of the sixth commandment. You shall not kill. Covetousness, uh, covetous 
Ahab killed Naboth to get his vineyard. That's in First Kings. How many have swum to the crown in his blood? I get the whore again. <laughs> I get the seventh no, commandment. No, 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 don't say it like that again. Don't the, say it like I, that. No, but it's oh, like, but it, it says the word. Last <laughs> time we covered this, you made me read all the ones that said the word whoring and whore. Continue. Covetousness is a breach of the eighth commandment. No, wait. Am I wrong? Nope. Seventh. No, seventh. Covetousness is a breach of the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. It causes immorality. You read of the hire of a whore, quote unquote, Deuteronomy 23, 18. An adulteress for money sets both conscience and chastity to sale. I always get those. Covetousness is I've a- said whore more in the last month than I've said in my life. <laughs> By reading the Ten Commandments in Thomas Watson. is a breach of the Eighth Commandment. You shall not steal. It is the root of theft. Covetous Akon stole... Akon. Akon. Oh, Akon's a singer. <laughs> uh, stole the wedge of gold. Thieves and covetous are put together. That's 1 Corinthians 6.10. Covetousness is a breach of the Ninth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness. What makes the perjurer take a false oath but covetousness? He hopes for a reward. And then finally, it is plainly a breach of the Tenth Commandment. You shall not covet. A mammonist covets covets his neighbor's house and goods and endeavors to get them into his own hands. Thus you see how vile a sin covetousness is. It's, it is a mother sin. It is a plain breach of every one of the Ten Commandments. So, Joe, I mean, you read this and you look at this, like, what, what's the cure then for coveting? You said mammonist. And I was like, that, that can't be right. And I looked like, oh, no, that's, that's what I, I said. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what'd you think? <laughs> Ma- mammonist. It just sounds so fake. Oh. It sounds like not a real word. Mammon, uh, you I know. For, I forgot. Like, you know, a mam- mammon. I know treasure. So mammonist, yeah. Yeah, I just did. Okay, did, continue. I so, Joe, how then can, what's the cure for this then? All right, so what Watson does is he gives four cures for coveting. And he breaks them down essentially into faith, judicious consideration, coveting spiritual things more, and praying for a heavenly mind. All right. So first up, um, the cure for coveting is faith, right? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Mm-hmm. The root of covetousness is distrust of God's providence. Faith believes that God will provide and that he who feeds the birds will feed his children, that he who clothes the lilies will clothe his lambs. So faith actually believes that what God said is true. He will take care of me and what he gives me will be enough. So one of the cures for covetousness is to cultivate faith, to yeah. actually trust the promises of God and the goodness of God that is revealed in Scripture. Secondly, uh, judicious considerations, right? So actually kind of thinking through what it is that we're going after. Is and Watson this, does this a lot. He's like, hey, consider these things judiciously, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think it's more like, isn't it kind of like a take stock? Like, uh, Think deeply. Think deeply, yeah. like consider what it is that you're getting yourself into, you know, is it necessary or is it something that's that's needed, that is good, or is it something that uh, it's just because I, I want it because someone else has it, right? Like, think of the, the iPhone. We all rush in the fall to get the new iPhone because won't. you won't? No. You're not going to rush? No. Oh, because you're on that thing where they send it to you? Nope. Then why aren't you going to rush? Yeah, I'm too busy. You're too busy? Yeah, too spiritual. Too spiritual? I feel like you're going to get the iPhone. You're going to get eight? Yeah. No, because it'll make my, it'll, it costs more. Anyways, but think about that. For a lot of us, though, we get the newest and the great, you know, because we think it's the greatest and we want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to have that technology uh, th- that is uh, farther along than everybody else. That's good. 
Number three, Joe. So think deeply. Just to reiterate. Oh, okay. Reiterate. So obviously, I didn't say it right. No, you no. did. No, I just want to. <laughs> I just. I just want to encourage. Like, listen, the things that you desire, think through. Yeah. That's what you're saying, Jimmy. That's what right? I'm saying. Think yeah. the, my impulse is to go and to buy. That is my impulse. I want to buy it. I want to buy it right now. And if, if I can't buy what I want, I'll buy the next best thing, and then I'll hate what I got, and then I'll go back and buy the thing that I really wanted. <laughs> but do you take the other one back? Nah, I just no, you keep away. both? I throw it away. That's how messed up. That's why Jen controls the money in the family, because I would spend it all. That's why you get an allowance. Number three. All right, number three. Um, the, third the third remedy for covetousness is to covet spiritual things more. Yeah, covet grace, Watson yeah. says, for it is the best blessing. It is the seed of God. Covet heaven, which is the region of perfect happiness, the most pleasant climate. If we covet heaven more, we shall covet earth less. In other words, if your heart is truly set on the things above and not on the things that are of earth, Colossians 3, right? If, you're, if your heart is set on those things, then you will not be entrapped by the things of this world. You yeah. can enjoy them in their proper place instead of being controlled by them and owned by them. Number four, the fourth remedy is to pray for a heavenly mind. You always get the prayer as the answer. That's like just what the one you get. Because the Lord knows I need to hear about it. I get the it. whoring ones, and you get the praying ones. Well, we both need to hear what we need to uh, hear. Whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> it's to pray for a heavenly mind. Lord, let the lodestone of your spirit draw my heart upward. Lord, dig the earth out of my heart. Teach me how to possess the world and not love it, how to hold it in my hand and not let it get into my heart. Pray. Pray, Joe. It's a good one. I like it. I like it. So really, in all of these things, what we're learning is is contentment. I mean, that's the point. If, mm-hmm. if you are content with God and with what God has given you, then you're not going to be coveting. Yeah. That's really the, the In other words, when God is enough, when Jesus is enough, when what you have received from the Lord today is enough and you really don't deserve any more. What you deserve is God's condemnation, God's justice, God's wrath. When you deserve death and you understand that God has given you more than that, yeah, and that an eternity of blessing and peace and paradise awaits you, you can be satisfied with what you have now and endure the shortfalls because Jesus is enough. Amen. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast or you can hit up the store and support the podcast. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. I'm going to miss you, Joe. I want you to know that I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you because you're leaving. You're leaving tomorrow. Oh, you'll show up over there in South Carolina. Don't play. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Don't no, play. I'm You're teasing not. me now. I know. I'm going to get there. You know what, though? You're I almost had there. to go to a meeting. I actually was trying to get a meeting in the next couple of weeks. But that's why I can't go in August for what we were discussing. Because no, they're Normal coming, pastors? Yeah, because they're coming up that week. I was trying to go down there. Okay, so you're week. not going to go to South Carolina? No. You're going to go to Georgia? No. I'm not going to And you're either. not going to the normal pastors conference no. in August? No. Are you going to go to... Uh, Canvas? I'll have to consider. What do you want me to say? I want you to be there. I want you to be present. I want you to be actually involved in my life. I got a J-O-B. I got stuff to do. When the mics are on, you're my best friend. But then when we're not, you're like, what's up, man? I don't know what's going on. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Later. I'm going to miss you. Bye.